You are listening to The Fem Focus, a podcast that seeks to educate and empower, which leads to effective change. I'm your host, Dorian Marie. Hey, people, welcome back to another episode of the Fem Focus podcast. Today, we have another special guest with us, Miss Tika Johnson, who is the CEO and founder of Soul Empower Wellness, LLC. Hey, Tika girl. Hey. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. I'm, I'm so excited to have you and, and happy to talk with you and chat with you about some things today. Now, before we get started, I always start off the podcast with a moment of gratitude. And it's just a simple reflection of something that you are grateful for. So what I'll do is I'll go first and then you can go. So, um, let me see. Oh my goodness. What am I grateful for? That's weird that I have to ask myself what I'm grateful for, but you know what? Something hit me this morning. I'm grateful for the seasons changing because I woke up this morning and, um, it's pretty chilly outside, at least for me, like 70 is chilly for me. Like I felt like, you know, I wanted to go get a jacket or something. So I was like, Oh, that means fall is coming. And what it is, is that it reminds me that the only thing constant in this world is change. Right. So it further encourages me to kind of have hope during challenging or unexpected life events because the wheels are always turning things are always changing and that's just the way it is that is I love that I'm in the same vein I love when the seasons change um and I love fall weather bring out the boots and the scarves okay the hats all of that right (laughs) but it does it also reminds you to continue to change along with the seasons um so let's see, what am I grateful for? I'm grateful for moments of silence. Mm. Um, I have pretty busy weeks, weekdays and Saturdays also. Um, I work on the weekends too. So any moment of silence I can get to myself on the weekends, I really enjoy it. Um, I'm constantly talking and listening. So when I don't have to do either, yeah. <laughs> I'm very that's that's I love that that moment of silence thank you for sharing that I appreciate your your moment of gratitude Tika Johnson is on a mission to help people access their inner greatness so that they may live fulfilling lives for more than 12 years Tika has passionately worked to empower youth and women through personal and professional development education advocacy and counseling After earning her bachelor's in social work in 2012 from Christopher Newport University, Tika attended Howard University, where she earned her master's in social work as an advanced standing scholar in 2014. As a licensed clinical social worker, Tika currently serves as a supervisor for a community-based mental health agency, as well as an independent therapist. Tika also enjoys writing for her personal blog, HeyTika.com. She wholeheartedly shares that she is a licensed clinical social worker by education and training, but a sole practitioner by purpose. Love, love, love that, Tika. What's a sole practitioner? It's Tika's divinely created purpose to see you, create a space for you, and help you walk as an empowered and purposeful individual, clear and certain of your God-given worthiness. Tika is a believer in the power of living and sharing your story for wholeness and healing, first for yourself, but also for others. Tika is the CEO and founder of Soul Empower Wellness, LLC. Her therapy private practice is designed for empowering individuals to shift their mindset, practice new habits, and create a healthy and whole life. As a sister and friend, ministry leader, and soror of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, Tika holds dear the values of serving others and striving for greatness in all facades of life. Yes, ma'am. Come on, bio, Tika. We got to give it up. 
That's so good. And you know what? I, I'm here for I'm here for service to others and to all mankind because you know that's what me and my sorrows of Alpha Kappa oh. Alpha Sorority Incorporated are all about, honey. So I'm I'm Listen. here for it. We are sisters in service. That's so right. Thank you so much. Yeah. So your bio is so well. But before we even get into that, let me let me recall. I don't I don't remember how we met. Do you remember how we met? Was it the socials? Was it social media? Because I really don't remember. I feel like it was. Oh my gosh! And it was years ago. Right. This is, it was when I first started writing, mm-hmm. and I launched Hey Tika like back in 2016, 2015. So this was a long time ago. Long I think it was now. through social media. We ended up. I think becoming and getting connected through just the world of creatives on Instagram cross paths and became internet cousins right (laughs) to Richmond we met and I was like oh this is sis right here right (laughs) that's the best thing when you get to meet your internet cousins in person even if it's for one time it's like yes and and Tiki you have such a a beautiful and bright spirit so it was such an honor to meet you a couple years ago and just to see you continue doing the work and just everything that it is and that you put out and what I was going to say about your bio is that it is so rich and just like you know you feel everything that you're saying or that you want to that you desire for others to to fulfill within themselves and I'm, I'm guessing that you've been on a path of journey of you know that wellness and wholeness yourself definitely definitely thank you so much for seeing that for seeing me in that because it has been a journey and it's not over um, but I'm, I'm very grateful for where I am right now on that journey. One thing that's interesting to me is that you, you, te- you talk about wholeness, um, mm-hmm. you know, within your practice and different things like that. Now, that's something you don't often see when it comes to practice. You see wellness and this and that. But wholeness, mm-hmm. I feel like, is that one piece of the wellness puzzle that's mm-hmm. often missing. Talk to us a little bit about kind of your journey before or either let's go, let's, let's start from the beginning. I think we should start from the beginning. Okay. Talk to us about who Tika is um, leading up to, I got to write this blog. I got things I need to get out and the world needs to hear, you know, my journey. Who is Tika? Oh, even before the blog. Wow. So before the blog, to be honest, and, you know, in the spirit of transparency, I was not um, confident with sharing my story at all. I think I had been kind of told this story of, or not told, but life experiences had created this narrative for me that I wasn't enough and that I was kind of on the outskirts of friends and family. And I was kind of too much in certain areas. And, you know, my light maybe was too bright or my, Mm -hmm. my laugh was too loud or my humor was kind of off. And people were like, we don't get her. I wasn't always understood. And I think that I let that turn into um, almost kind of like a shield. And so I had to unlearn that narrative and create my own story for myself. And I see it in retrospect now when I hear this quote by Brene Brown, who says, you know, once you own your story, you're able to um, redefine and rewrite a brave new ending. And that's me paraphrasing it. But I had to literally own my story and decide that the narrative other people had almost wrote for me was not mine to own. And so I had to unlearn a lot. And when I began doing that is when I realized, hey, this process of me unlearning and then writing through the process is not just for me. 
And I'm a full believer that, you know, the things that God does for and through you are not for you alone. So I started to write and publish it through the blog. And from there, I just started to almost kind of like faithfully just step in the direction of things I felt were necessary for me and for others. So that's where like different things came along with um, getting my license in social work and and then deciding to work in different areas, you know collaborate with different people and then eventually step out on my own and form a practice. And that was like the kind of quick and dirty version of it because <laughs> that was over a span of many years. Right. But um, I would, if I were to describe myself before, I was definitely um, shielded and guarded because I didn't have the confidence in who I was. And now I'm, you know, kind of peeling back the layers and um, I'm walking in wholeness and believing that I'm worthy of everything that I desire and everything that I am. And so that walk in wholeness, when did that begin? Like, and what did that kind of look like for you? It was not easy. Um, so I, and you might have been able to tell and hear it, but I'm definitely a woman of faith. And so that, that journey and that walk into wholeness definitely began by reminding myself of who and whose I am. And that whose is a capital W because I'm definitely the creators. God had put me on, on earth with a purpose and with an identity in him and his love is so perfect that I had to kind of just allow myself to embrace it and what that looked like. Um, and so that looked like, you know, being able to hear, whether it be from mentors or family, um, the greatness that they saw, and then also being able to tell myself, like, hey, you're here with a purpose. I need you to walk in it. And so I had to almost kind of break free mm -hmm. from bondage, things that were holding me back, whether it be lies that were told. I think our thoughts, negative thoughts that I had in my mind, um, disbelief, um, lack of confidence, um, relationships and experiences that tried to break me. I had to kind of break free from all of that mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. replace everything that was probably holding me back with things that could propel me forward. So healthy relationships and going to therapy. Right. I, I'm a therapist who has a therapist. That's I'm a right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a lot of prayer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Prayer works. Um, and so I definitely had to start to like say out loud or even just write in my journal or write in the blog too, the things that I wanted to see come to pass. And in doing that, I think I kind of almost co-created with God um, wholeness and mended that. Was there a specific, you talked about healthy relationships. Was there a specific relationship that kind of catapulted like, okay, this relationship is over, it's done, but it allowed you to kind of look inside yourself and realize like, okay, wholeness is something that I need to aspire to have. Is it anything like that when it comes to relationships? Ooh, you get it deep. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, oh Lord. And I can say this now and I've, um, I've written a blog about it, but I mean, this goes back to childhood. My relationship with my biological father was probably the first relationship that I held on to or the lack thereof mm -hmm. of that relationship that I held on to and I let it define me for so long. And um, about my 28th birthday, I hadn't heard from him. Um, we had this kind of sporadic communication pattern where it was like I hear from him once a year and it was around my birthday and I didn't hear from him. And so my 28th birthday, believe it or not, was the day I said, okay, 
I'm going to let go of this relationship and the expectations I have for it. And of course, you know, over the years through adolescence and my college years, my young adulthood, um, the quote unquote daddy issues, which, you know, they, they manifested in different ways, unhealthy relationships, um, people pleasing, putting myself in circumstances with men that were not healthy for me. Um, and so, you know, fast forward to 28 when I decided to let that go and embrace my relationship with God, the father, I really feel like that was the biggest catalyst, um, that, kind of over, of course, there are a series of catalysts in life that change you, but that was probably one of the biggest ones that kind of sealed the deal for me of you have to walk in wholeness and redefine this narrative. Like Mm -hmm. your identity is not connected to whether your biological father is in your life or not. Move on from that. Um, And in doing that, I pretty much... I think I had to parent myself. My mom is in my life, of course, but I had to let God and myself like kind of nurture me back to this, hey, remember who you are, remember whose you are. Like you're not, who you are is not based on whether a person, whether it be your biological father or some man that you chasing after mm-hmm. or a job or a boss that you're trying to please. Like it's not, it's not connected to any of that. Right. It's connected to the identity you were born with. Um, and that was of worthiness and wholeness. So returning to that, but Long story short, that was definitely the relationship that was probably the catalyst to a lot of a lot of the wholeness journey I've been on. And so how did that relationship with your father and the quote unquote daddy issues and that narrative kind of manifest itself in your romantic relationships? What did that look like? Oh, gosh, man, it looked like allowing myself and I can say this now because I'm like, you too grown to blame other people for. Um, <laughs> but that's what we do, though, right? Because growing up, it's everybody's fault but ours, like for real. <laughs> Hello. But I had to remind myself, like, you grown, you know, you put yourself in some of these situations, girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so it looks like, though, me, you know, putting myself in the place to be not taken advantage of, but. I allowed my guard to be let down to a place where it was just unhealthy, like really loose boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, like just traveling and expending money and investing my emotions and my heart into people who were not reciprocating that, Mm -hmm. Um, not honoring my discernment, you know, that gut feeling we get, I would ignore my gut feeling. I would ignore my discernment and give people the best of me that weren't worthy of it. Um, I was, I mean, to the point where I kind of almost fabricated this, this story of my relationship with someone in my mind of what it was and what it was supposed to be mm-hmm. when all the signs were there, all the red flags were there, wow. that it was wow. never going to be that. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, as a young girl growing up, I also did that. I had this story in my mind of what my relationship with my biological dad was going to look like. And I held to it until I had to say, you know what, all the signs are there that this is not going to happen. Right. Own it and let it go. And so in my romantic relationships, I, I found myself doing the same thing. Like I wanted it so badly to look a certain way that I, I instead of seeing the red flags as warning signs, I saw them as decoration. And I was like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, we got to We got to dig deep into that. So what do you, when you say decoration, like, what do you mean? 
we have a tendency when we sometimes, and not only as women, but just people in general, in anything, family, friends, romance, professionals, sometimes we see red flags. And I think when we want things to turn out a certain way, we ignore the red flags and we we look at them as decorations instead. We Ooh. say, you know what? Um, this person is showing me that they're not reliable, but you know what? I'm going to look at that as they just need me to help them to set a schedule for themselves. Like, what? No. This is not <laughs> this is not for you to fix. Right. It's not for you to hang up and look at as a, a band of honor or you know how they say like um true love should not include suffering. Like mm. it, this is not this is not for you to 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 hang up and and look at as part of the decor of your relationship. Like it's this warning sign that you need to probably stop and turn around. Right. Cause I think sometimes we often like look at some of those red flags too. It's like, well, nobody's perfect. So it's okay. It's okay. And I know that's, that's something that I've often done is, is I try not to look at them so much and hone in on them when it comes to folks in my life, because it's like, well, I do things and I'm not perfect, but there's certain like, you know, I saw, I saw this post and I think you posted it, reposted it. And it said, put some respect on your intuition. Like that's so real because like, come on, like I know that I do things, but when it comes to the red flags, I don't do them things like not to not to like say, oh, this is better than that. But like it's certain things that, you know, within yourself that you want or that you, you know, you know, you should be tolerating. And it's like, all right, what you doing, sis? Like, what, what's up? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. And I, and I agree, like knowing that people aren't perfect, but it's like, OK, but where's the limit? Where's the boundary? Mm. There's yeah. the, there's, there's, okay, people are not perfect. And then, okay, this person is literally taking advantage or is toxic or it's unhealthy. Um, so, yeah. And that's so true to that boundary. And I think that's where we, we kind of misconstrue and, and that's that gray area, right? Is that boundary. Now you, you talked about childhood and our childhood shapes a lot of who we are, but it doesn't have to f- define who we are. Right. Okay. And it's, it's so interesting to me, like everyone's story digs deep and digs back to childhood and you kind of spoke on that and that's to where your your wholeness is really stemming from and where the process and and that journey of wholeness kind of went to so tell me how how is it you would facilitate a path to wholeness with your clients if if I'm a client and I I'm interested in your services is it something that you notice or is it something that a client has to be interested in and journeying? I think that it's something I notice um, most of the time. And I want to kind of define wholeness too, because mm-hmm. I feel like we see wholeness as like perfection or this kind of um, this destination we're trying to reach. But really, it's a journey. Um, and wholeness is just kind of like forming a harmonious whole or just like unity of yourself. Um, and so when clients come to me, I let them know, like, we're not going to fix you. That's not what wholeness is because we are human beings and we're very complex. I mean, we're mind, body, soul. We have our emotions, there's relationships, there's experiences we have. And so if they come to me with this expectation of fix me, I'm like, you're not ready for wholeness because you have this idea that you need to be fixed. Oh, that's good. That's so good. That's not that's not what this is about. The point of this is to help you see that one, we can accept the reality of your circumstances, right? Doesn't mean that they were they were right, especially trauma. You know, I will tell you in a minute, like that was really messed up. What happened to you? It was terrible. Mm-hmm. But then how do we want to transcend it? How do we want to make it 
less of a limitation and more of like a stepping stool. Right. And so, okay, the process of that would look like just starting off by getting to know a client. Um, I ask them to just kind of tell me your story. Like, how would you express yourself or explain yourself? Or how would you describe different things that have pack- impacted who you are today? And that, of course, does not get done in one session. Because as we start to explore, things come up. Um, and they start to say, you know what? I didn't even know that that affected me. And I'm like, see, come on, let's keep going. <laughs> um, that's one of my favorite parts is to see someone um, recognize themselves and right. say, you know what? I didn't even know that that happened. Or I totally, you know, just kind of covered and buried that memory. And I'm like, okay, why? So we do a lot of exploring. And through that exploring, you know, I help them recognize patterns because a lot of times in our human experience, um, our brain loves patterns. And so that comes out in our emotions and our behaviors and our relationships, too. And so when we recognize patterns, whether it be in negative thoughts or self-defeating or self-sabotaging behaviors or, you know, relationships, probably that weren't the greatest for us. Um, They taught us a lot, but they also probably hindered our growth. We recognize the patterns and then we say, okay. What do we need to unlearn? And so we start just that process of slowly unlearning and giving ourselves grace in that process. Because I'm like, you know, as you're unlearning, you have to relearn. And that's hard. It's you 12 years, 12 plus years. I mean, if you went to college or grad school, you know, 14, 18, whatever, however many years it took you to learn skills um, that you use for a professional life. So what makes you think that your human relationships, your emotions Mm -hmm. is going to be year. So we're going to take our time and we're going to unlearn and relearn different things, whether it be, you know, the rhetoric that we were taught, um, things that we were conditioned to believe. Like, for example, a lot of black girls were taught that, you know, you can't be too, too, too loud. You can't be um, too seen. You have to kind of humble and dim yourself. And I'm like, heck no, Um, be bright, be loud, be seen, be heard because you're worthy to do that. And You were created to do that. Um, And then we start to kind of use tools so that we can almost kind of, um, I like to call it, we're going to steal this or we're going to gird it and steal as in like the iron, like S-T-E-E-L. Okay. We're going to gird this in your spirit so that it's easier to come back to the healthy mindsets or the healthy behaviors. Um, And like, and this is like me getting into my um, psychological bag. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Get on into it. Get into it. Um, But what it's called is neuroplasticity. And that's the idea that our brain is like plastic and it's malleable and we can um, create new pathways. And so what we're doing is we're unlearning the things that were not healthy and we're creating new pathways of what is healthy. And so um, there's this idea that like if you imagine a highway. You know, a lot of times when, uh, whew, let's use Richmond as an example. Okay. <laughs> right. They have to probably pave the road in Richmond like twice, three times a year, want the same road because potholes. Right. And so in our brain, sometimes we have to do that as well. We have potholes on these pathways that we have. And those potholes could be, you know, instead of me taking 10 deep breaths, I go off. I'm popping off on anybody who makes me upset. And it's like, okay, wait a minute not really healthy. Let's learn a new way to respond. And so we're going to pave over that pothole. But then there might be a big life event that just digs right into that pothole Ooh, again. And I'm popping off, honey. I'm popping <laughs> off again. Right. It's like, all right, that's all right. Because that's what happens. We have life events that kind of undo a little bit of what we worked for, but it's not totally undone. 
we can go back and we can use the tools and we can pave a new path. And so that's what we're trying to do. And eventually that path feels like wholeness because you're like, wow, like I'm learning and I'm actually implementing new ways of thinking, new ways of behaving, new ways of seeing myself. And as you do that, you start to rewrite the story of who you are. You take hold of it. And when you do that, you just feel like your ending can be that much more brave and and light and and love and everything, you know, all the foo-foo terms, but the things that are actually beneficial for us. Mm-hmm. So that's my goal. Um, it's not easy and it's not a short-term fix. And I know that it won't only be done in therapy with me. Right. Um, so I tell clients that too, like, we could be in therapy for, you know, six months, but your your journey to wellness and wholeness is going to be something that you're doing for the rest of your life. That's right. That's right. That's so good. Thank you for that. And so we did, we talked a little bit about, you, you mentioned that wholeness isn't fixed. I'm not getting fixed, right? Is there anything else, like, do you think folks need to hear that wholeness is not? It's not just about physical health. Um, it's not about being perfect. Um, it's not about looking like anyone else either. I think we sometimes, especially in the day and age of social media, we think that wholeness looks like um, what other people present it as. So okay. wholeness is not um, reaching this milestone by 30. So I can say that for myself. Mm, come on. Let's talk about it. Cause uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> it just right? you okay. know, it's so it's so interesting, Tika, because even though it's it's not like I, I don't have parents or, or family or friends that are like, ooh, when is this gonna happen? When is that gonna happen? But it's something that's like in my mind that's making me think about, it, especially I, I went through like a lot mentally before I hit 30. And so like that, those couple months right before 30, I was just like, oh, I don't have this. I don't have that. And it's like, nobody's saying anything to me or asking me, where is this or where is that? But it's something that just was in my mind that I thought I should have. And I'm like, oh, the the environment around me or it, whether it's social media, like that's real. We get caught in these comparison traps and we set these expectations for ourselves, which there's nothing wrong with having an expectation. Like, I'm all for a vision board. Sis, write it, make <laughs> right. it plain, and achieve those goals. But mm-hmm. also give yourself grace that wholeness is not like if you have to have X, Y, Z achieve by a certain deadline. Because what that does is if you don't achieve it, it makes you feel like a failure. Oh, absolutely. It's like that is not the case. Absolutely. Um, Because whether you achieve it at 30, 35, 50, 70, you still got it done. Okay, that's so true. And I think oftentimes, too, like when it comes to myself, you know, when we look at um, parents or parental figures or family members and things like that, like it's a different day and age because (laughs) they were doing some other stuff. They were married with a couple kids, you know. Okay. Doing their thing back then, but it's a different day and age now. And um, you know, I would like to be married one day, but I'm not. I don't I'm I'm getting there, getting ready. <laughs> I believe I am, but I'm not quite there yet. And it's it's interesting because I'm like, wow, my mom at my age, you know, at 31, had two kids, was married for quite a few years, blah, 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 you know. And it, it's that constant reminder too, like, uh, eh, it's not the same generation. <laughs> it's not. It's not. And that's the thing too to recognize is like the environment, the economy, just like what we're, the cards were dealt and what we're supposed to be kind of like 
using as tools around us is different than back then. Yeah. So yeah, definitely family and friends, parental figures, um, mentors, all of that. Like they have this idea of what they, they think that we should be doing too. And honestly, wholeness looks like unlearning that as well. Mm-hmm. And understanding like, Hey, um, my parents or my friends or family, siblings, whomever may have this dream and idea for me, but it looks like recognizing and honoring my own dream for myself. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. Are there any, like, let's say you're working with a client. Are there any identifying factors where, you know, like, okay, we're getting there. We're journeying to wholeness. Are there identifying behaviors or certain uh, language that's used that you know that that kind of shift is taking place? Um, There is. So I think I, I love to recognize, and I can say I've had a couple of these moments this week, which feels good as a therapist to say like, woo, we get somewhere. Right, um, that breakthrough, right? <laughs> breakthrough but I definitely recognize and I say, okay, this is a, a sign of progress or a sign of we're in, heading in the right direction of when a client can almost, I watch their gears turn in their mind, when they can almost recognize a negative like thought or emotion or behavior. Mm-hmm. Um challenge it in the moment saying like, but you know what? I probably could have felt this way instead. And then almost give me the way that they would have done it. Say, you know, I probably would have just, you know, took a step back and said this or did that, or probably thought first before I spoke. And I'm like, good. (laughs) Right. Yes. Come on. (laughs) It's where they recognize where their, their, their experiences are not kind of who they are. It's not their identity. So they say, you know, this happened to me or this happened for me. And, but I'm not going to let that determine my future. I'm not going to let that decide like what I'm going to do X, Y, Z, or I'm just going to take it as a lesson and I'm going to keep on going. You know, I mean, there are moments where they kind of just decide to no longer hold on to the chains that were kind of holding them down. And I'm like, I'm, I'm glad I'm proud of you for letting those go. Um, so you recognize that you recognize just when you can see the perspective shift and everybody starts at a different baseline. So that's Mm -hmm. another thing I want to say is that there's no like general baseline. Um, everyone has their own. So some people come and they're like, you know what? I already know like what my trauma is. I already know what I want to work through. I already know what I want to process. And sometimes when they do that, I laugh because I'm like, okay, but there's more. Um, but then some people come and they have no idea and they were maybe referred to me and they're like, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know. (laughs) I feel like I'm fine. And I'm like, okay, well, let's just talk then. And then it comes that way. So everyone's baseline is different, but it's when you start to see your client kind of surpass their limitations and get past those baselines and go to another plane of mindset or, um, self-talk the way they see themselves their perspective shifts that you're really like okay the work is we're doing some work right now why do you think it is that we as individuals take on the identity of our experiences like why do we do that that's a good question why do we take on the identity of our experiences when you don't really have um a foundation to tell you where your identity comes from Mm. and I'm not saying this as a as a, okay, everybody has to have a, a faith or a spiritual practice. Okay, right. But I definitely am a believer that your spiritual practice or your faith is the foundation to your identity sometimes because it girds you in this, okay, I know that if nothing else, if not, no matter what else happens to me, I am still worthy because that's what my spirit has taught me, or I was born into this belief that faith and love is going to overcome everything. And so I'm not going to take on the identity of this experience. But I also feel like 
the science part of it is that trauma is real and it happens to the majority of us and trauma, it gets down to our bones. And sometimes when things happen to us, um, we take it on in his identity because we don't know how to release it and let it go. And it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, that's good. And so, I mean, think about this year alone, like everything that's going on with the virus and then like quarantine. And then especially, I don't want to say, oh, okay, racial injustice, because it's not new. It's just mm-hmm. it's been increased. Um, but all of that could be something that someone takes on because it is traumatic and they can hold on to that and say, you know what, because all of this is going on in the world and this uncertainty, I am now uncertain right. of my life and who I am and what I want to do. There's no point in me deciding to move forward with any of my goals because life is uncertain because this year has been uncertain. Mm -hmm. Like that is them taking on the experience as identity. And it may be because they don't have hope. Right. And that's what happens with trauma is there's this, it kind of chips away at our, our belief that there's any other there was another way of living and experiencing mm-hmm. and it just reminds me that that we as people have to release because it can be a something something so simple as you know when you're taking as mindfulness practices right when you're taking time to to breathe or to relax your shoulders or to you know shake it out a bit like even the stress from the day or even you know something mm-hmm. minor that could have kind of ticked us off we we hold on to that and we hold it in our body and you know I'm a firm believer that a lot of kind of my chronic things that I have and illnesses that I have are from stress from my past. And, you know, it just kind of built up, built up. So, yeah, I think we just by nature have to we we hold things as people and we have to learn. Like you said, the science part of it, we have to learn to release because, you know, it just it gets all up in everything in your body. Exactly. And that's why, like, like I said, like wholeness is not as complex Mm -hmm. because it's about our mind, but also our body, like how you're treating it and where are things showing up for you? Like there are therapists that I know, I call them like the heavy hitters, but that um, do a lot of like what we call somatic work, where they help you move trauma throughout um, your body and how to release certain body parts. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to be trained in that. Oh my God, that sounds so powerful. My (laughs) gosh. It's powerful. (laughs) Oh my goodness. No, it's, it's heavy work, but it's like you said, it's something that I think a lot of us need to experience, especially in the black community, because a lot of our illnesses and our vulnerabilities are based on where we're holding trauma. That's so true. Ooh, that's so true. That's good, Tika. That's good stuff. Yeah. That's so good stuff. Let's let's introduce Soul Empower Wellness LLC to the people. Tell us like Okay, because you you didn't always have a private practice, but where did it come around or where did the light bulb go off and say, I want to do this? Like, this is something that I want for myself and for others. You know, Soul Empowered Wellness is, it's it's a lot of different factors, but it is a part of my own wholeness journey um, because I had to take a leap of faith and leave behind um, a full-time job that I thought was going to be kind of like my key to success. Mm -hmm. So- really quick story, but in social work, so my background is social work, of course, and 
sometimes people will say, oh, social work, you're not going to make a lot of money. And people love to say that about the helping professions, certain helping professions. In general, yes. The Mm -hmm. helping profession in general, they love to say that. And I'm like, well, first of all, I have a heart for this work, so I'm not necessarily in it for the money. But that kind of put off, flipped the switch for me to say, I'm about to prove y'all wrong. So I'm thinking, okay, you got to find these jobs that are going to be like the big bank jobs. You about to make a lot of money, get these Mm -hmm. accolades. I was hustling hard for those types of jobs. And what I think happened is it wore me down and it was not on the path of what was supposed to be happening for me. Like it was, it was out of purpose. Okay. And when things are, when I started, started to move out of purpose, um, it started to impact me physically and I had to make a decision to leave. And part of that was my wholeness journey because I had to take a leap of faith and believe that this picture I painted for myself was not necessarily the narrative I was supposed to be holding to. And I had to rewrite it. So I had to take ownership and say, you know what? You made all these moves because you were trying to prove other people wrong, but it really wasn't what you were supposed to be doing. Mm. So I quit my full-time job last December. Oh, wow. So coming up on a year. Coming up on it. Wow. Coming up on a year of quitting my full-time job and saying, you know what, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. Now, this is not to say that we can't have a nine-to-five because right. I'm the type of nine-to-five in a, in a private practice. Okay, right. Have it all. <laughs> do I what you need all. to do, okay? <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. But I was out of purpose, so I had to leave that job. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, I started to really look at, okay, in social work, like, what is it that you're doing? You know, I had friends, like, I call them my tribe of queens who were really just kind of, like, pouring into me during that season, too, who were saying, like, you know, you're really good at this. These are your strengths, your uniquenesses. Just kind of helping me um, recognize again and realize, you know, where I was supposed to be, get back on purpose. Mm -hmm. And in doing that, I decided, you know what? I'm going to try to do this for myself. And so I had been working for someone else um, and then also collaborating with a colleague in the profession of mine. And I was learning from her, you know, getting some mentorship. And I was like, you know what? You can do this. And so I decided, you know what? I want to launch not only just like a private practice for psychotherapy, but I want it to be for overall just like wellness. And so that's where Soul Empowered Wellness came from um, because I believed that, this journey was not about me literally fixing quote unquote people or just kind of doing therapy, but empowering them to recognize their wholeness and recognize their identity for Mm -hmm. wellness, for overall wellness. And so that's where it came from. And then I officially launched in May of this year, May 2020. Congratulations again. I was, I was so excited to see that across my timeline. I said, she better do it. I was here for it, girl. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's exciting. It came from um, a lot of hard work. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so where where do you see Soul Empowered Wellness going? I definitely see it as being more than um, a, a private practice, like a psychotherapy practice. I see community. I see women having a community that pours into them. Um, I see having basically workshops where women can come and learn how to write to their healings. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I'm really big into storytelling and that being a process of it. Um, I see soul empowered. Mm. I see it being part of the community at large, like the collective mm-hmm. um, and just kind of helping others just recognize their identity and 
working towards their wholeness. I just see it thriving, but I definitely see it being more than just um, therapy. Yeah. I see it just therapy. That's awesome. Yes, Tika, that's awesome. You have you have a quote on your on your website, and it says you are worthy of the wellness and wholeness you seek. And I think that's super powerful and awesome for folks to see when they when they you know are looking at your website and different things like that. And speaking of that, how can people contact you if they're interested in just knowing who you are as an individual, but also learning more about soul empowered wellness? Sure. So, um, as far as myself, like my they can reach me on my Instagram. Or website Instagram is hey.tika and my website is heytika.com. Um, but Soul Empowered Wellness, the practice itself is Soul Empowered Wellness on Instagram. So all three of those words. And then the website is also the same, soulempoweredwellness.com. Um, also, I'm on Psychology Today. If you're looking for a therapist in Virginia, I am licensed to operate in Virginia and I'm doing virtual sessions right now mm-hmm. because safe that's just most what's most safe for everybody right which also just kind of increases people's access to therapy so I love it absolutely they can access me there too so I'm on psychology today awesome awesome Sika are there any last thoughts on wellness and wholeness and just journeying in this life that we are in that you want to give our listeners um let's see any last words? What I, Yes. What I do want to say, um, which is encouraging just not only for me, but everyone else, is that you can access um, the love of God in very simple ways and walk in that empowerment towards wholeness um, and know that it will change your life forever and that it starts with just one step and that's recognizing that you're worthy of it. And even just recognizing that you're worthy is a step towards wholeness, so... Oh, that's good. That's so good. Tika, thank you so much. So, so, so much. This has been really fulfilling. And and I'm sure that um, listeners are definitely going to take something from it and look you up and, you know, just bask in everything that you offer and everything that you put out into the world. You are so appreciated. And thank you so much for, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Best wishes on everything for the rest of this year. I look forward to everything that you're putting out and just your continued greatness, girl. Thank you so much. And same to you. I'm excited for all that you're doing. Thank you for holding the space for people to share, to learn, to just journey with you. I love it. I've been watching you and definitely cheering you you on. in this, whether we're in the same state or not. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Fem Focus Podcast. On your way out, remember that you are worthy, you are powerful beyond measure, and that your fears can't go where you're headed. Until next time, stay focused, Fems.